You are listening to Keep Canada Weird, a weekly weird news roundup by the Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the weekly Keep Canada Weird discussion series. If you're new here in Keep Canada Weird, my pal handsome Aaron Airport and I seek out and explore some of the more offbeat Canadian news stories from the past week. In tonight's episode, which we recorded on the evening of October 2nd, 2022, Aaron and I discuss a very busty teacher in Oakville, Ontario. We denounce the new trend of cooking chicken in NyQuil. And we get overtaken by shock and disgust when we learn of two disturbing stories set in Tim Hortons. So let's get into it. Handsome Aaron Airport. Without being blown by tropical storms or just simply inconvenienced by a power outage. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's been how long since our last recording? I think just over a week because you haven't had power for like over a week, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was lucky because my power went out on Friday night of the storm. Mm Mm-hmm. And then came back on Tuesday. So I was four or five days without power. But yes, that's right. There are still people without power Mm -hmm. in my area now. So people are listeners are dying to hear how you fared during the storm. I I told my piece on a prior episode. Tell me about your experiences with Hurricane Fiona Apple. Ah, Fiona Apple. Or just Fiona. Just Fiona. Okay, we'll we'll leave that. We're time constraints here. We'll leave it Mm -hmm. at just Fiona. But um, yeah, it was it was a heavy duty storm. Um, you know, we were pretty much right in the line of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was hitting a direct hit, as they called it. And although it had been downgraded, well, not I shouldn't say downgraded, but it was a post tropical storm. I guess is that what it officially was? When I don't know the- what that. I don't know what any of that stuff means. I just compare it to like how much my roof and house can take. And I would say this was on the upper limits of what my roof and house would be possibly able to survive. Yeah, my, mine um, didn't fare as well as yours. <laughs> no, what happened to you? I, I had no damage other than just trees and bushes and sticks everywhere. What happened to you? I lost a lot of siding uh, off my house. I had like the whole driveway side of my house is missing all of its siding pretty much. So that was the main thing. And then I had a fair amount of um, roof damage to my garage. And then I just had, you know, some pieces of fascia or whatever kind of um, being blown off and Mm. a few little bits and pieces here and there. But the main thing was the siding. I lost a lot of it. Damn. Yeah. And we're on opposite sides of the province for the most part. I'm in, I'm in Halifax. You're further east in Cape Breton. Cape Breton was one of the most hardest, hardest hit spots during this storm. Like you said, you fared pretty well comparatively to other people in that area. I've seen many news reports and videos and photos of a lot worse damage than what you sustained uh, flooding also people who are just getting their power back now, like, you know, t- almost 10 days later. Um, so I guess you probably feel pretty lucky compared to what happened to a lot of other Cape Breton Islanders. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I feel lucky for sure. When it was happening, when the storm landed, I wasn't really worried so much about it leading up to the storm. I had done, you know, the, minimum requirements in terms of preparation i got some bread you charged your phone i charged my phone (laughs) my ipad uh i downloaded some movies okay i got some bread and peanut butter and and bottled water and some apples and some bananas and granola bars that was my preparation you were ready i was ready yes i was ready for this for the power to be out for a few days um but certainly it was looking like, wow, this is going to be a much more extended power outage than they they normally say prepare for 72 hours without power. But this mm-hmm. was much longer than that. Mm-hmm. And it was still still for some people, pockets of people on the island are still without power. So um, but when the storm hit, it was the most intense storm I had ever that I can recall. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. And even 
how hard it hit Nova Scotia, specifically Cape Breton, compared to other parts of Canada, we're lucky. When you look at specifically like the, the worst videos and photos and damage seem to be isolated to Portabasque, Newfoundland. And I, I don't know what made Portabasque hit so hard, but people in that area had all the same kind of problems we did. But on top of that, they had a massive storm surge, which mm. seems to be when like almost like the whole ocean just kind of shifts by a few feet. So people who live near the coastline have their homes or uh, several of them had their homes and garages and properties just swallowed by the ocean. Uh, there was tragically one death, um, a woman in her home whose home was sucked into the ocean, uh, didn't get out alive. Um, her neighbor had the same kind of problem, but but luckily survived it. Um, but people in Portabasque, it's any videos or photos you see from there, it literally looks like a war zone or something you would see on TV from the other part of the world yeah. where an, a community is simply flattened. So it's a yeah. it's a bit of a wake up call, I guess, for people on the east coast of Canada about the you know the power of nature. But there are some, um, despite how dark and awful you know it is to see people ravaged by a hurricane there there was one keep canada weird appropriate story out of portabasque um a, a photo went viral of what is being referred to as white claw lady white claw yeah, is, a, yeah. is a type of alcohol and it's actually mrs mm. nighttime loves those so in this yeah, photo never, viral, I, I, until this story i've never heard of a white claw okay. like what what is a white claw I don't know. I think it's maybe like a cider or something. My wife drinks like kind of like it's like apple cider beer or something. And I think it's one of those. But it's I don't know what, what it is. I don't drink. It's not coffee or Diet Pepsi. Yeah. So I have no idea. <laughs> Tim Hortons doesn't make it. So you are not drinking it. <laughs> uh, but this white claw lady photo, it's it's basically like a flat. Like It looks like a flattened house and wreckage with a lady standing on top of it holding a white claw beer type alcohol drink above her head uh that photo went viral as a sort of a symbol of uh, maybe it's kind of adjacent to the whole like nova scotia strong kind of mentality or newfoundland strong in this case where it's you know despite the chaos around her she seems completely pumped to have her white claw and uh we'll, we'll celebrate her briefly where she she gave a short interview to cbc radio about why she looked so happy holding a white claw above her flattened house well crystal collier is known as the white claw lady photo went viral of her celebrating after she found her package of white claws uh which of course are the uh the seltzer drinks pretty popular drink that a lot of people enjoy these days anyway she found her white claws celebrating while standing amongst all the uh the wreckage of her home in porto bass newfoundland and speaking with cbc she explains exactly why she celebrated. The first thing I did before prep for Fiona was storm chips and white claws. I just needed to make sure I had it because, well, what else are you going to do? Just sit back and just watch it all happen. So I had a little lonesome little six-pack in my fridge, and uh, we were actually at this neighbor's home watching the refrigerator leave the garage and go into the water. And it was the weirdest thing, watching that fridge just float away. And anyway, yesterday when we were down retrieving... This fridge was up on top of my neighbor's front lawn. And I looked over and I seen this little box. And I said, there is no way that this is still that pack of white calls. Anyway, I walked over some rummage and, and there it was, intact. And it was funny and it was just trying to find humor out of the most devastating day of your life. And that's me. But that's I'm, I'm trying to be as optimistic as I can. And I thought, well, even Fiona didn't want them because I know a lot of people don't even like them, but I love them. <laughs> I love this girl and, you know, the, the optimism there. Her home wasn't completely destroyed by Fiona, thankfully, but there was uh, a lot of uh, extensive damage there. But we're all just happy she could find a little humor during a very difficult time. That that clip kind of embodies a bit of the spirit of Newfoundland. Um, yeah, absolutely. I like her. That was just a, like that was a, a kind of a nice story to come out of Portabasque when so many of the other stories were again the the life lost and the damage to the place to get like at least one kind of positive take on tragedy. Yeah, yeah. It's nice to see those stories come out when like you say most of it is doom and gloom, but mm -hmm. Um, yeah, white claws, uh, I guess it's some kind of a seltzer drink. Is that you know kind of a 
Well, that's how that alcoholic soda it. almost. Is yeah, that the I, idea behind it? I have no idea. I, I literally, um, I literally have no flavors. idea. I just looked up a picture of them. That's that's what I gathered from the picture. But um, and I'll probably still never ever try a white claw. No. I, I, it, it, remember like coolers when people would drink coolers i remember like back yeah. in partying there'd be like people would have like a two liter bottle of like i don't know it looked like kool-aid alcohol or something yeah coolers are still a thing people is that still, still a thing Kool-Aid. oh yes of course okay well, coolers aren't going away no <laughs> soon tim's will have their own brand of coolers I'm don't sure. tempt them because we'll come back to what tim's is up to oh we'll we say, always come back let's to what save tim's that for the end <laughs> yeah that, is that why you're bringing them up you're just excited to get into what they're up to yeah, yeah. It's been a while since I talked about Tim. So. No, I bet. Um, yeah. Well, we've been off for a week, to... so. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. So I'm kind of really itching to. Uh... Okay. We'll, get, we'll get to it. Just hold your horses, Aaron. I know, I know. Well, you know, good for this woman finding her, her uh, white claws. And um, hopefully she was able to enjoy them. And hopefully her house is going to be okay. Her, her whole community hopefully is okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's get to it. We've uh, addressed the elephant in the room being Hurricane Fiona, but now we are tasked with a mandate that is passed down to us by the President of Canada and their administration to keep Canada weird weekly by finding, discussing, and highlighting, and unpacking, and listening to news stories about the weird and wonderful things that happened in Canada mm-hmm. over the past week. This week, we have we have a loaded um toque <laughs> you were we, really reaching on that were you yeah I, I, we I, have like, a loaded bottle of maple syrup and bacon yeah, i was like you. quick like what's something canadian that you can put things in and it's like you could put stuff in a hat we just got a stuffed beaver here uh, <laughs> you know so our topics we have kayla or we have um a teacher in oakville ontario that is the center of controversy in a very delicate but interesting situation to talk about. We have a story about a protester who received a very odd punishment handed down from the courts. We're going to talk about a new craze on TikTok that is probably going to kill somebody before it ends. And then we have two disturbing stories about Tim Hortons. One about someone something that they're doing, and one about something that someone's doing inside Tim Hortons. Yeah. Uh, do you want to start right with the probably the most complicated and involved story that we've ever talked about on Keep Canada Weird? Yes, let's just let's just do it. I don't think I've ever gotten other than Glove Guy. I don't even I don't think I've ever gotten as many emails or recommendations to cover a topic as I did about what's going on in Oakville, Ontario. If you're hearing me say Oakville, Ontario or Trafalgar High School and you don't don't know what I'm talking about, buckle up, but in essence, uh, a teacher um, who is a transsexual teacher is the center of controversy in that high school as a result of their clothing or their attire that they wear to school. I'll play a a short clip that'll do the heavy lifting on the explanation. Mm -hmm. Then we'll get into it. This is a video captured by a student at Oakville Trafalgar High School showing a teacher instructing the class on how to use a saw. The teacher has been documented on several occasions with what people describe as very large prosthetic breasts with protruding nipples that are clearly seen through form-fitting clothes. The teacher's appearance has been the subject of reports from the New York Post and Network News in the States. Students tell CHCH that this is a constant topic in class. The entire school. Like, every single class that I'm in, the teacher is, like, the topic. Like, she, it's, yeah. I don't know, like... And obviously the teachers have no say over it. It's just, I'll be walking in the, in the hallways and I'll see her walking around. It's just... It's kind of discomforting to be in a school environment with that. The Halton District School Board says they're not taking any action against the teacher, saying they want to create a safe learning environment and, quote, ensure a safe and inclusive environment for all students, staff, and the community, regardless of their race, age, ability, sex, gender identity, gender expression, sexual orientation, ethnicity, religion, cultural observance, social economic circumstances, or body type or size, adding that, quote, 
Gender identity and gender expression are protected grounds under the Ontario Human Rights Code, a statement that students say contradicts the school's own dress code that they have to follow. It's ridiculous. Why? She, I think it violates the dress code completely, right. and it's completely inappropriate. The thing is, in the dress code for HCSB, like, it says you need to wear opaque clothing. There are pictures even of the teacher where you can completely see her nipples, Everything. even the color of, like, you can see the color, you can see the shape. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And it's very distracting for students. It's not, like, a good thing for, like, 13-year-old, 14-year-old kids mm -hmm. to look at and stuff, so. I think teachers should have to wear a business casual outfit, um, be presentable and professional in the workplace. Who, Aaron, uh, mm -hmm. I, I want to start by saying this is okay. for people who are listening and they don't see the video. Um, I think people need to understand the, the outfit that this teacher is shown wearing in the news clip we've watched or the photos that are going around is a very tight, clothing with um enormous prosthetic breasts where yeah. which um are it's one thing to, for that the breasts are enormous but also it seems like there's nothing like the shirt is very thin in all the photos that are going around so the, the prosthetic breasts nipples protrude and are very visible uh, so it's it's quite the sight and i think when you hear that news clip without seeing the visual it can come across as um, people being uh, against a transsexual or a transgender teacher, but I don't, I'm hoping, and it doesn't seem like for the most part that that's the issue. It's more around the clothing and the choice of attire and the, the extremely large prosthetic breasts. When, yeah. yeah. Uh, and even maybe to put it in more context, when this story, when I first started seeing it going around, I started seeing the photos that were popping up of this teacher with, again, enormous prosthetic breasts. I thought for sure it was photoshopped or just completely fake. And then it's, it, the photos kept coming up and I started getting emails about it. And I was didn't even give it much thought. I'm like, people are emailing about those fake photos. Then I saw a video where you see the teacher cutting wood with mm -hmm. the giant breasts. Uh, and that's when I realized, like, oh, my goodness, this is real. Um, anything you want to say about it before we start to talk about what other people are saying and writing about this? It's, yeah, it's, I just hope that, you know, if, if that somebody's not making a mockery of, you know, what other people go through and the challenges they go through with their identities. So, mm -hmm. um you know, if, if this person is, if this is who they are, then they have every right to, to, you know, to, to go about it, how they're doing it. But, um, a lot of people are accusing this, this, uh, woman as, um, making a mockery of, of, uh, of transgendered issues and yeah and just kind of like um inclusiveness and like a, yeah a, yeah like, the i guess society's um interest in in making the world and our schools and businesses inclusive to all people uh, i think i think what you're getting at i'm going to read you a short post because a lot of people who are seeing the story believe that the teacher responsible is doing it to prove some uh, to prove a point and they're doing it kind of as um like a troll move or something uh and and that seems to all come from a, a post that was made to 4chan which is 4chan is like you know i call it evil reddit which just mm. is like a kind of like a chat board on the internet where you can write things often anonymously a post i'm going to read you the post there because this has fueled a lot I, I believe all of the speculation that it isn't a genuine and sincere um gender change that the teacher went through over the summer months but it is but it may be something different here's what it says the an anonymous poster writes on 4chan this dude is gaming the system here the teacher was almost fired for toxic masculinity last year as well as for not embracing woke culture he'd drop red pills to his class such as how silly gender neutral bathrooms are and the school board hates him as a result 
He's now upping the ante to exploit the very clown world the school and society itself has created. His long game is most likely to get fired and then sue for discrimination. There's no other explanation, no better way to troll the clown, the clown world than become an over-the-top caricature of a woman. So that is, uh, again, those aren't my words. That's what somebody wrote on 4chan, and I think that, that one yeah. post is getting spread far and wide with a lot of people siding that, or believing that this teacher is doing it to prove this point against, you know, woke culture and inclusivity and all these sorts of things. But uh, up until this point, despite media attention from all across the world of this case at this point, the teacher has never spoken publicly. Um, the school board has. The school board has issued statements, um, like we heard in that news clip, in favor of, you know, inclusivity and, you know, not... Mm-hmm prejudicing anyone but i've also come to realize that the school board and teachers aren't um restricted to a dress code the students are but not the teachers so it seems like there's a bit of um kind of a hustle happening behind the scenes to implement a dress code for teachers in that school board and i'm i'm a feeling like if that does happen the dress code is going to have something to do with covering your nipples at least yeah yeah um We've talked about, you know, this in the past in terms of um, the woman in the park who wanted to be topless. Mm-hmm. But a park's um, a lot different than a high school class. A park is different than a high school. Yeah. So where the, I guess my question is, where's the line? Like, where is the so a public park is is OK from what we've discussed in previous mm. episodes? Yeah. But are we not OK with it? I think like. You know, like outside of like, you know, us giving opinions on this story or whatever, but we've got to get over the hang up of people's bodies. Like whether this person is 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 doing this for the wrong reasons or the right reasons, you know, we we, we don't really know. Mm-hmm. But what's wrong with a nipple? You know, what's really wrong with a nipple? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing. That's a very slippery slope, though. And like, if society needs to do something, I don't know if if the way for society to adapt is by like should start in a high school class, a high school woodshop classroom or something. I um, I'm gonna read you a post that I came across, and I've been reading about this a lot, trying to figure out what's going on over mm. there. Uh, I found one Reddit post, um, that I I thought was a a pretty good take on this. The, the Reddit user's name is Stickbeat. And, and they made a post where they're kind of like so many people in the thread are like, you know, how is the school allowing this? This person should be arrested for sexual assault, you know, all these different things. Um, what this person did is, na- again, the name is Stickbeat on Reddit. They took kind of the main criticisms or whatever of this teacher and they're addressing them in a pretty reasonable way. So, and they, they post it in a sort of question and answer thing. So their post starts with, how can the school board allow this? They don't really have a choice. Without a staff dress code in place, she's quite free to wear what she wants to school. Next part. How can the school support this? Also, they don't have a choice. The school is required under Ontario law in the OHRC to foster an environment of inclusion for trans teachers. And this extends to recognizing this teacher's right to gender expression. The next point. But her breasts are unreasonably large, they're a distraction, and they make a mockery of a woman's body. We can find the prosthetics distasteful and offensive while also recognizing that under Ontario law, she's within her rights to wear them, however and wherever she chooses, including at work. Those are her breasts, and the school has no regulatory or legal mechanism for regulating breast size at a school. If another teacher at the same school got ridiculous implants over the summer, the school would be equally unable to do anything about it. Are they ridiculous? Sure. Are they a distraction? Probably. And are they harmful to anyone? Maybe. But rest assured, any move to regulate, moderate, or otherwise interfere with this woman's gender expression will be used to police the presentation of other women, trans or not, women with large breasts, women who don't conform to social expectations, women who pursue body modifications like implants, This idiot's gender presentation is the cost of an open society that allows trans people to live openly, that respect bodily autonomy, and is accepting of differences. And if this is what comes of it, it's a cost I'm happy to pay. And that's the end. I I think they, like, nailed it. Yeah, yeah, that's, you know, I mean, there's, 
this is there's nothing the school board's going to do about this or any similar situation that may occur after it. So it's almost kind of you have to get over it and and move on because it's not going anywhere. Certainly, um, this issue. And... It's, it's just kind of a shame for the kids that are caught in the middle of it because it's it's one thing the issue or the situation that's going on in the classroom, but now there are protests outside of the school daily. All the kind of like the freedom fighter, anti-vaccine, anti-mandate type right, people right. are now outside the schools in the morning and as school is getting out protesting. And of course, as you can imagine, a lot of the messaging that's being said through loudspeakers is um very you know derogatory anti-trans all, all these sorts of stuff yeah. so it's it's become this massive issue that somebody needs to do something about if only to settle what's going on outside of the school um, yeah it's that's the unfortunate part of this is that there's these people that are clouding this up and 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 holding it back from from just being part of you know, the regular every day of the school. So um, the kids need to be able to move on from it. You know, everybody wants to move on from it and just go on with regular class life. And and then you have protesters outside the school that are keeping people from doing that. It's, it's ridiculous. But um, like if, you know, on the first day of school and then this happens and then you just, you just, you know, accept it and move on. You know, you don't spend all this time on it and like drawing more and more attention to it with all of this circus surrounding it. Yeah. Um, well, let's move on. We'll follow that story because this this also is one where, you know, something's going to happen or something something's going to go down. This isn't going to just sizzle away. I don't foresee. I don't know what that's going to be, but. Um, it, it's, it's certainly a delicate situation in that school and those school, the school board and the administration, they have a delicate and difficult job ahead of them in figuring out how to handle this in a way that deals with the current issue and doesn't create other issues for other people or for this teacher going forward. Let's move on to something uh, less controversial and less delicate. Do you want to talk about the latest trend on TikTok? Oh, I'm always talking about what's happening on TikTok. Yeah, me too. Do you even use TikTok? No, I don't. Okay, I should clarify neither. that. Yeah, I don't either. I don't people use often, TikTok. People tell me like you should get on TikTok. You should make TikToks for nighttime. And I'm just like, yeah, I've got the, I got. I find all social media, it's so good at drawing me in and wasting my time. The last thing I want to do is bring TikTok into my house, my house being like my cell phone. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm not going there. But no. so so this trend that we're going to be talking about is one of those kind of like dare competition things. And, you know, that we've seen them kind of come and go over the years. There's things like, you know, the ALS ice bucket challenge that was yeah. kind of like a positive trend that people took part in. But then there's ones like, I don't know, there was one where you had to put a, a mouthful of like flour or something. Like there's all these weird little things that it's usually like high school kids or something will start it. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but they, they come and go. So, I'll, oh, here's the good one is the Tide Pods. Well, was that a challenge or was that like a um, just just like people were ingesting Tide Pods? Yeah. Were they challenging each other? To yeah. Do I, well, I think the Tide Pod challenge. Yeah. They were kind of like doing it in making videos and photos of it and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to get my actually this is a good kind of um, parenting moment for me. I want my kid to know about this because he uses social media a little bit and I don't want him getting involved in this hey buddy i'm gonna get him over here yeah yeah there's a story i want you to be involved in here okay Will you come over a little bit in the camera because uh, this involves like something that kids are doing on social media that is just dangerous oh my do you know what nyquil is i think it's like a medicine of some sort. nyquil is a i think it's a cough medicine that yeah makes you... it's a cough syrup type keep talking about 
Okay. It, it, oh, he's going to sneeze. Uh, NyQuil. No, he is, needs NyQuil. It's like a cough syrup that you would take at nighttime because it has stuff in it that'll make you sleep well. And you know what chicken is, right? Yeah, of course. So, everyone knows what chicken is. Not everyone. I doubt the cows know what chicken is. Yeah. This challenge is called the NyQuil Chicken Challenge, and it's going viral on TikTok. And damn, sounds very dangerous and disgusting. Here's what's going on. Uh, okay, so some health warnings are important. Smoking can cause cancer. Don't drink and drive. But this one is not that. And I can't believe we have to tell you about this, but don't cook your chicken in NyQuil, okay? It seemed pretty obvious and quite frankly doesn't even sound good, but a new social media challenge is encouraging young people to marinate their chicken in NyQuil and other cough products. So here you go. The FDA has to remind us that it's not a good idea. And this one is dangerous, even if you don't even eat the chicken. That's because the FDA says boiling medication can change its properties, making it more concentrated. So just breathing it alone can let high levels of that drug into your body, damaging your lungs. I can't believe we're talking about that. You know, it is strange that we're talking about it, but yeah. it tells you something about the world we live in now that we actually have to have this conversation mm -hmm. with you. And we, we've learned that we can't take these little things for right. granted, right. that some people might actually believe it. So please do not cook your food in NyQuil. It started two years ago. Yeah. Apparently then sort of went dormant. And then, and then it, it sort of came back and made a resurgence. Yeah, please so. don't do that, family. Please don't do that. Okay. It sounds insane, but the NyQuil chicken thing, it's real. I saw several videos online where people with a straight face are just in a pan, putting two chicken breasts, pouring NyQuil on it. The whole thing turns this greenish blue, and then they eat it talking about, you know, the minties, nice with the- Oh, do they like the taste of it? Uh, I think I've watched four videos of it, wow. and all of them were like, it's not as bad as I would thought, would have thought. People but, are dumb. You can say it louder. People are dumb. Yeah. I think, well, I think it's not even that people are dumb, but I think what happens is people want to get involved in like a trend online of all these people are making a video about a certain thing and talking about it. Maybe like doing it yourself is a good way to get some quick. Yeah. Attention. And I'm sure it's the attention you get online, the views and the likes, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's why can't they, um, because you often see chips or craft uh, dinner will will sometimes come up with like a, a combined like like the Chester cheetah you know the Cheetos flavor craft dinner or um, things like that where they combine like a, a kind of an unrelated um, flavor and they bring it together. Maybe Nyquil could do that with craft dinner or with uh, Lay's potato chips or. In, in a much safer way where it's a simulated NyQuil taste, you know, the minty taste that we're all accustomed to with NyQuil. It's not a good taste, though. It's like a disturbing... You, my boys had Buckley's before. Well, Buckley's is different, though. Buckley's is, like, not a flavored uh, cough syrup. Yeah, it tastes like drugs. Like, <laughs> brands like NyQuil, they kind of you know, make it much more, you know, uh, pleasing to the palate uh, when you're when you're putting this stuff down your throat to make you feel better. But but Buckley's, you know, their slogan was always it tastes awful, but it works. Mm -hmm. Which I, I love that kind of slogan because it's yeah, so, it's so accurate. Sense. Oh, it's, it's wonderful marketing. But now if they want to have a real challenge. Oh, don't give people ideas. Well, here's what they should do if they really want to do this in a, in a way that's going to get people kind of to react is they should marinate it in Buckley's and then have people eat Buckley's chicken. Uh, this and then message see if is they not can... sponsored by the Nighttime Podcast. No, or Buckley's. Get me some Buckley. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, think, I think people, I challenge people to use medicine for its prescribed and intended purposes. Yeah, of course. Yes, I guess for the record, we'll say that. Yeah, um, buddy. Um, as a as a nine year old boy who's so easily influenced by things that happen around him, and is just like as gullible as old heck, uh, would you be tempted to like cook chicken in Nyquil and eat it? No, I'm not an idiot. What if all your friends were surrounding you, screaming, "Eat it! Eat it! Eat it!" I don't know. Well, Maybe. now it's an I don't know. It was a firm <laughs> no before that. But now the peer pressure has been added, and now you're considering it. 
Maybe. I'll give you a. Oh, I'll it's give a maybe. You, I'll give you a bag of gummies if you eat it. Oh, you've got him to a maybe. I think we could convince him tonight. To we could do it right now. I'll do it. I'll do it. Oh, I'll do it. You'll do it. No. Okay, get the NyQuil, get some chicken. Um, for, first of all, he doesn't. He wouldn't eat chicken anyway that I cooked. We'd have to get chicken nuggets from McDonald's. <laughs> and then, and then let it. them sit in, some, in, a, in a Ziploc bag of NyQuil overnight and oh. then eat them. Oh, disgusting. But in, a bag of uh, in all seriousness, though, you would never do something that foolish. No. I'm not an idiot, as I said. Mm. The jury's still out on that I'm one. I'm not but... convinced. Well, I am kind of an idiot sometimes. <laughs> You're okay, not now you're kind of an idiot. So I'm not convinced that you wouldn't do it. I know. I'm worried now. Uh, but you, you cannot use the internet anymore. Aww. Go read a book. Um, people should not be doing... <laughs> the NyQuil challenge. <laughs> what no. a ridiculous thing. It's just when you think that, like, the Tide Pod thing was so stupid. I'm like, there couldn't be something dumber. This is dumber. Yeah, there's more effort in this. It's more premeditated mm-hmm. because you're marinating the chicken in the NyQuil and then spending the time cooking it. Whereas a uh, Tide Pod, you're just popping it in your mouth. Well, this challenge, I hope it goes away, but even if it does, I'm sure humanity will come up with an even dumber, more damaging way to, um, I don't know, get clicks oh, and likes on the internet. Around every corner, there's something really dumb to do. Um, actually, that's a good segue into our next story. There are a lot of really dumb things that you can do. And how does the courts and judges protect us against ourselves? In certain cases, uh, well, let's hear about a man in BC or who was it recently given an odd prohibition from the courts. I'll read you this article. A BC man avoided jail time but remains in a sticky legal situation after gluing himself to a Vancouver Island bank and a highway as part of two separate environmental protests. A provincial court judge handed the sentence to Victor Bryce on August 3rd over the exti- over Extinction Rebellion affiliated protests on the Trans Canada Highway near Nanaimo on June on January 27th, and at a local Royal Bank branch on April 7th, Bryce was sentenced to 12 months of probation along with 40 hours of community service. But what's more, he was also banned from possessing any glue, super glue, adhesive, fixative, or resin outside of his home without permission from a probation officer. In handing down the sentence, Judge William Jackson noted Bryce's highly productive and model citizenship, including his 34-year career as a pharmacist. The basis for Mr. Bryce's actions were a very obviously sincere concern for the immediate and long-term effects of climate change and frustration with the lack of political movement despite his attempts to motivate politicians. uh, Judge Jackson went on to say a conditional discharge was in Bryce's best interest, and he did not believe such a sentence would undermine public confidence in the administration of the law. So ultimately, a year of probation, 40 hours of community service, and nothing too sticky like glue, Mm -hmm. resin, adhesive, fixatives. That's kind of a weird way to take the ability Yeah, why did they bother? Like, why, why did they bother with the glue part of it? Well, I guess both of his offenses were him gluing himself to things, but could he not, like, certainly this guy could just come up with some other way to continue protesting that doesn't involve gluing himself to a bank. Yeah, I feel like it's it's a little ridiculous for them to say he can't be around glue at all. <laughs> well, he can. He just can't leave his house with it. <laughs> yeah, he's a label. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So... I don't know. I mean, I don't know why that they would go to that length, I guess, to because he's he has no record as like they said, he was a model citizen leading up to this mm-hmm. these two incidents. And um you know, it's not like he's had a long, you know, dark, tattered history with glue. Yeah. He wasn't a glue sniffer. Mm-hmm. Um people who aren't from Cape Breton may not get Actually, I think we may have talked to the, about this before, but do you know what I mean by the glue sniffers? Do you know? Do you, does that mean? Yeah, people mean? who sniff glue to get high. That's not. But you don't know thing. the specific glue sniffers that I'm talking about. 
Do oh, you? no, I don't know. There was this group, uh, I don't know what the story is, but back in, I guess, the 90s in Sydney, Cape Breton, where I'm from, where I went, when I was in high school, there was this group of probably 10 people. We called them the glue sniffers, and they just walked around downtown Sydney sniffing glue all the time. And it was like, I don't know where they were from or what their story was, but they didn't know anybody and they weren't originally from Sydney. And they seemed to maybe live behind the mall. There was the spot that they called the umbrella tree. And it was like a tree behind the mall. And they were always just there. And if they weren't there and you walked past it, the ground was just glue bottles and like Lysol cans with like holes punched in them where they were like, you know, inhaling it. Yeah. Anyway, and then, but they're not there anymore. I would love to know the like what happened to those people and what their story was. Uh, but when we were, I remember when we were underage, people used to pay them to get like alcohol and cigarettes for the kids. No, were they that much older then? Yeah, like because when I would have been, let's say, fifteen, sixteen, they all were like probably thirty. Oh wow! Okay. And it seemed like they were one big family. It was like it's a really weird. It's like an X Files episode. Somebody out there probably knows their story. Uh, I'd love to mm -hmm. learn more about the glue sniffers. I think the world would now. Um, You've kind of brought the story to the light of day. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, this guy in BC has nothing to do with that. He was just literally no. gluing himself to things out of protest, which, you know, power to him. That's a good way to protest. Oh, I agree. Yeah, that's how you get attention to something is you you do something that's going to cause some fireworks. And, mm -hmm. and in this and... case, not only did it cause fireworks at the time where he's glued to a building or whatever, but even in the judge's decision, he's like out of a sincere concern for climate change and the politicians who aren't doing anything about it. Like yeah. he kind of achieved his goal. Yeah. And actually, when you think about it, the fact that the, they, the judge banned him from having glue outside of his house has drawn even more attention to the story because it's somewhat ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Maybe and, the judge is in on it. Yeah, so maybe the judge was like, you know what, I'm going to make sure this story gets as much attention as humanly possible so that people, you know, are aware of the issues of climate change and and I'm going to ban him from having glue. And so I'm sure the horses are happy about this. <laughs> yeah, maybe. There's there's a just a, a stable of horses outside the courtroom. It's like, yeah. Yes. Because uh, they do they use like hooves or something? I don't know. I, I, I just always, you know, you hear about horses being made into glue. Maybe back in the day. I'm sure the stuff we use is glue now. I'm sure there's no like biological stuff in there. It's probably just. No, glue. no, I can't see that still being a thing. Uh, but there are probably some excited horses regardless. Yeah, finally, finally. From their past trauma with mm -hmm. the glue industry from big glue um speaking of trauma i thought you were gonna say speaking of big glue <laughs> well maybe that would explain this next story we're gonna get into but we're gonna be turning over a rather difficult leaf and there are many layers to the antisocial behavior and just disturbing things that we're gonna find under this leaf and i believe it's gonna upset you especially Aaron, because I know anything to do with Tim Hortons, you're just sick of it. You don't want to hear about it. You don't want to get into it. I'm sorry. Tonight we're going to. Hey listeners, sorry to pull you out of the episode like this, but I want to let you know about a companion piece to this episode that I just posted to the premium feed. Early in this episode, you heard Aaron and I discuss the controversy surrounding the Trafalgar High School teacher in Oakville, Ontario. You probably also heard us mention protests that have been taking place at the school. Well, I recently spoke to past nighttime guest Karima Saad, who attended the first major protest outside the high school. Our conversation about the protests will be available shortly on the premium feed. And just like the situation that's playing out inside the school, the protest outside is also quite complicated. So if you want to hear that discussion and gain access to the full nighttime podcast show archive, go premium at patreon.com slash nighttime podcast. And not only does the premium feed give you more of the show, it funds its creation. So I hope you consider supporting it. Now let's get back to the episode. 
We got two Tim Horton stories. E I wouldn't say equally disturbing, but they're both. I would. Okay, they're equally disturbing. Mm -hmm. Let's start with the one that's criminal in nature. Yes, I think that's the best one to start with. This story involves voyeurism at a Tim Hortons in Orillia, Ontario. It was sitting behind a toilet masked with toilet paper, a small rip exposing the camera lens, a cell phone placed inside a women's washroom believed to be recording video. It, it, it's scary uh, for any individual to find a, a cell phone in such a, uh, in a vulnerable area. It happened at this Tim Hortons on Queenston Road in Hamilton. It was discovered yesterday morning. Emily Hasler of Hamilton posting this to Facebook yesterday saying the phone was found by her sister-in-law who was with her toddler at the time. She says her sister-in-law found this phone today in an East End Hamilton Tim Hortons bathroom recording women and children using the toilet. She points out the shoddy covering saying the phone was in a pile of garbage with a small hole. The phone was attached to a battery pack. Hasler says her sister-in-law is reluctant to talk about the incident on camera. Hamilton police have since seized the cell phone as evidence to the offense. Police say the investigation has just started and there aren't any suspects yet. Hamilton police say that they've ruled out any employees of this Tim Hortons from being possible suspects and police are seeking a warrant to find out just who owns this phone. Constable Indy Baraj says their tech crimes unit is likely to be used once they receive the warrant. Once that information becomes available, we will provide that to the public and uh, work to uh, bring uh, the individual to justice. Police are asking anyone who may have any information to please call them. Ay, ay, ay. That mm -hmm. is just nuts. Um, yeah. If you, again, if you're listening and not watching, the way it appears is it's like kind of next to but sort of behind the toilet. There's a garbage can that's overflowing with like tissues and, you know, bathroom paper or whatever. And it seems like sitting atop it is like a cell phone with a piece of toilet paper over it with a little hole kind of ripped in that piece of toilet paper so that the cameras the, so that the phone's camera is filming kind of from the side slash behind of the toilet and maybe even like or just to add another disturbing layer is it's not even just the phone it's hooked up to a battery pack yeah so it was intended to sit there all the live long day of recording yeah um i well like if, if i found something like that i would be well, I guess the girl who found it would, didn't even want to talk to the news. It was like her sister talking on her behalf. She's probably so disturbed. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, at least, you know, if you're the one finding it, then at least you know that the phone is not going back to the individual who placed it there to begin with. So at least you can rest assured that, you know, whatever footage it captured of you using the bathroom won't be seen by, so you in know. that case, this individual. dangerous. Mm -hmm. Um and hopefully they find this person. It's it sucks that they don't have any suspects yet. Or well, this that report that we just heard. Actually, we'll make this a two part. Oh kind of right, yes, yes. Because right. that that report we just heard was just after the phone was found and the post uh, mm. about it with the photos kind of was going getting spread around the internet. At that point, the police said they were waiting for a warrant to search the phone by their tech crimes unit. So at right. this point, they probably had the phone sitting in a, you know, an evidence envelope somewhere, but without the warrant, they can't start poking around. And, you know, a police tech crimes unit is very good at figuring out who owns what and what was done on it and stuff. Well, a phone is going to be filled with fingerprints, yeah. uh, like digital, digital fingerprints. Yeah, unless, unless it was like, yeah, I don't want to give P. I know. I I think I can think of a few ways you could maybe make it happen, but you would need to know your stuff to do it. But this particular person, I'm guessing, wasn't as savvy as maybe they thought they were by doing this. Because here is the update that came on the news just days later. Police in Hamilton have also arrested a man they believe is responsible for a disturbing case of voyeurism. 27-year-old Daniel St. Amour is accused of placing a cell phone in the garbage of a coffee shop restroom. The phone was said to be partially hidden and recording. Police say St. Amour is from Hamilton and not an employee of the coffee shop. He is set to appear in court on Tuesday. So yeah, 
he didn't uh, he didn't make it very long before they found him. Mm-hmm. Luckily, he like thankfully he's not affiliated with the coffee shop that with Tim Hortons. That was one kind of thought I had. Like if that was an employee doing that, oh man! But no, it wasn't. It was just, and it was in the women's washroom. So I'm, I'm my only guess could be this guy sneaks in when the coffee yeah. shop is slow, sticks it there with a plan of coming back in a couple hours and having you know three hours of video of people using the bathroom well i wonder how long was the phone there before Mm -hmm. someone noticed it like how maybe this is not the first time that he's planted the phone in there Um, and has he done this at other restaurants and public places here's my here's what i i think yes and i think the battery pack is kind of a giveaway because it, that would kind of imply it didn't work out before or the phone died and, you, you know, kind of like correcting from like a trial and error sort of thing, like correcting mm-hmm. past mistakes. Because I would think if you were doing it for your first time, you would want to just get it in there quick. And, you know, I, I feel like adding the battery pack and stuff adds another layer to it. And I think uh, I think this guy's done it before. I, I, I would bet some money. that I would did. bet, too. Yeah. I'm just so baffled by like I get fetishes and and different things that people are into, but like one that I can't, and it's common enough that people, this is not the first time that this has ever happened in society that somebody has attempted to, or gotten away with filming people using the bathroom. (laughs) Like this happens a lot. Uh And like, I can't wrap my mind around why you'd want to watch someone use the bathroom. Uh, especially without their consent. Um, that uh, that alone, like a fetish is one thing. Like you can under, kid. like you can't condone, but you can, you can, you can at least somewhat understand why somebody would want to like put one in a change room or something, or you want to watch people undress or whatever. Just like, like so you can see them naked. Simply. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just just seeing them naked, you know, that's what you want. But why using the bathroom? Like why in mm-hmm. at people's just most vulnerable and lowest, like, you know, like it's just so gross. Like why? <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's a weird like fetish or kink, but also this one is, be, is, is criminal and dangerous because of mm-hmm. the non-consensual voyeuristic, like this is, this person well, you're dealing is with people of all ages too that's what's so gross about it yeah like it's not just you know adults using these bathrooms it's children too like it's just so disgusting like and and uh, how do they I, do, yeah, what do they can't... do with this guy though like i don't know if he needs prison or like a mental health help because it's like i feel like this person's sick to be able to yeah, there has to be a, a, a strong degree of sickness happening here to to bring someone to do this. Something that you're obviously going to get caught at either sooner than or later. And something that's like disturbing on a lot of different levels. It's not just, yeah, it's just really oh, I like to watch, you know, consenting adults using the bathroom. And I there's people you can pay to do that. Like, you know... Pay people to, I'm sure, who will use the bathroom in front of you. Yeah, actually, who will consent someone, to it. In the chat, Arkin says, with the availability of porn or pro, with the availability of pornography of all type, this person's probably just doing it for the thrill of the act. And, yeah, I'm sure there's the element of you know they don't know, and it adds an element to it for this person to mm-hmm. um, to use it for whatever purposes. But yeah, I think it just freaks me out and it's just another reason why I don't like public bathrooms or even public places. Yeah. Public places. I, I can see, you know, why you would have a complicated relationship with public places, but it's, I mean, public bathrooms. Yeah. You don't want to use them, but you have to. I know that's a problem. It's a biological issue that we, yeah. All have. Sometimes you just have no choice and yeah, it's well when you close that bathroom stall, you have a certain kind of uh sense of privacy that you expect. Mm. And when it gets violated, it's like, oh god, like that's disturbing. 
think yeah, I think how messed up the person who found the camera must feel. Like it's you know, if yeah. you, your car gets broken into or your house gets broken into, you'd never regain kind of that say that sense of like safety and security that you had before they say, I have a feeling yeah. this person will never be comfortable sitting down at a stall or your well, girls don't use yeah, yeah. a stall again. That's the and uh, anyway, it's, I I don't know. It's just I'm at a loss for words to be honest. Yeah. Um. Well, sadly, Aaron, it's not about to get any better for you because we're staying in Tim Hortons for another story. This one, <laughs> yeah, I know. I I don't know. I also am at a loss of words. Mm-hmm. We talk a lot about Tim Hortons marketing and development of different products and the weird moves they make with their business. I could never anticipate their next move. They could come up with anything and it wouldn't surprise me, uh, which they proven over the weekend. Tim Hortons now has a new and exclusive clothing line that you can wear on your Tim's runs. And let me tell you about it. After the rampant success of their recent product launches that have inclu- that have included Tim Biebs, Bieber Brew, and all the related merchandise, which even Drake was a fan of, Canada's legendary coffee chain is back with another line that is bound to sell out faster than even Smile Cookies. It's Running Apparel by Tim Hortons. Every Canuck has undoubtedly gone on a Tim's run at some point, if not even every day. And what better to do it than in stylish athleta-leisure wear that pokes fun at the concept of a Tim's run in the first place. In honor of National Coffee Day on September 29th, the homegrown brand is releasing a special merchandise collection which includes two different types of windbreakers, a classic design for $65 and a limited run premium design for $100, a long sleeve shirt for $38, slides for $30, a hat for $28, socks and of course sweatbands both $15. Uh, They're sold exclusively through Tim's website. Um, Blah, 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 blah. And one of their, uh, one of the, I guess the slogan or whatever for this clothing line is going on your daily Tim's run does indeed make you part of a running club. In fact, it's the only running club that doesn't include any actual running. Oh, God. So it's kind of a play on Tim's run, and it's they're calling it not athletic wear, but athleta-leisure wear. Uh, and what that article I just read didn't explain is that they have um, the jackets and sweaters have a built-in pocket that is designed to perfectly fit one of the breakfast sandwiches that they sell. That's so, uh, you know, like any pocket fits a breakfast sandwich. Seriously. Like any pocket, if if you are convinced when you're putting on whatever this garbage clothing is, if you're convinced that the pocket is specifically tailored to fit a breakfast sandwich, just light the outfit on fire while you're wearing it. It's yeah. just this has gone beyond any kind of realm of common sense. This and this it company, also, it these looks products. Ridiculous. And it looks stupid. Yes. At the end of the day, if you run, a, if you're, if you're caught wearing these outfits, you look stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's I, your goal when you're leaving the house to be like, yeah, I'm decked head to toe in my Tim's run gear. And I'm you look like an one. idiot. Yeah. I wonder if, um, like when the Bieber stuff came out, uh, it, be, it was worth money afterwards. Like it came out and it was sold like the toques and the beanies. And then they stopped selling it, but then it was valuable and people were selling it with a big markup online and stuff. I wonder if that's kind of empowered Tim's to come up with these kind of short run, like one time product that comes out. Like, will people buy it being like, I'm going to make a fortune when this isn't sold anymore? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still shocked that people care at all about like the, even the Tim Biebs, you know, fanny packs and whatever else they had coming out um, with Justin Bieber's likeness on it or or whatever it was. Like this blows my mind that that it exists and that if anybody buys it, shame on them, completely shame on them. Yeah, and this is a this this is going to show who's the real monster. Is it? 
Tim Hortons, the company, or is it the consumer? Mm -hmm. Because eventually the consumer has to say, no, this is stupid. I'm not wearing this. I'm not drinking that. I'm not eating that. I'm not putting a sandwich in my pocket. <laughs> I'm not a sandwich smuggler. Like I can eat a sandwich in my hand on a plate at a table or in the car while I'm driving, but I don't need to put it in a pocket and then go running mm -hmm. and, and then sweat in my stupid Tim Hortons jacket and then get sweat on my sandwich. I wonder if it's, um, the, the phrase like go on a Tim's run, that's something people will often say, meaning I'm going to Tim's to grab some coffee for myself or for the group. Yeah, go yeah. On a Tim's who, run. who wants something at Tim's? You know, I'm doing a Tim's run. I wonder if this is a way that they're kind of monetizing that, maybe trademarking it. I don't know if they have a trademark for the term or the phrase or whatever, Tim's run. I wonder if by making a clothing line with Tim's run, that's almost like their way of buying the the term Tim's run. Yeah, yeah. Making kind it of like of their intellectual property so that nobody else can then make yes. Tim's run clothing or Tim's run products at all. I wonder if that's because remember we heard when yeah. we talked about Zellers, the Bay was some people thought the Bay was bringing back Zellers as like a online thing as a way to just keep the name safe. This mm -hmm. could be uh, like this could be a move just to own and monetize and protect Tim's run as a Tim Hortons thing. Although it was not Tim Hortons who came up with that. That was just something, you know, God knows who came up with Tim's run. But that was just when I when I thought of it, that was something that popped into my head. Yeah, yeah, that's that's quite possible, actually. And, you know, either way, Tim Hortons is vomiting out another stupid product in a long line of dumb things that they've produced. And uh, please don't buy it. Don't empower Just them. I'm begging everybody out there, anyone who's watching or listening, don't buy this. Mm -hmm. Don't buy it. And Jordan, I have a feeling next week you're going to be wearing the entire <laughs> Tim's Run jumper. <laughs> I wish. No, I wouldn't buy $90, $100. That was expensive stuff. Even if it didn't say Tim's Run, I'm not spending that kind of money. No, no, no. I can't. I, you know what? If. I shop at, you know, you shop at Value Village a lot. I do too. Mm -hmm. um, I'm hoping in six months I'll see you on there. And I'll, and I'll just flip past it. <laughs> yeah. I'm better than And I'll this. just knock it on the ground. Yeah. Uh, well, with that said, let's knock this episode on the ground and start wrapping this up. Aaron, is there anything you're looking forward to? Anything you want to talk about or tease? Any Halloween stuff coming up? Ah, well, Halloween itself is coming up. I know. We're, on the we're in October now. It's like instantly turned fall weather all of a I sudden. I know. It's nuts, eh? We got cracked with a hurricane, and now it's officially fall. Mm -hmm. uh, it's cold outside, and you can smell Halloween in the air. You certainly can. And we got to think of how we can keep Canada weird Halloween special. I have a few ideas. But we'll yeah, we're going to do that. a uh, – we're going to dress up. So if you are listening to just the audio version of this, certainly we'll encourage you to check out the YouTube recordings of it because for the Halloween special, it might get we'll spooky. be wearing Halloween costumes. We do them Sunday night at 7.30 going forward, I think is how we're going to do this. Um, yeah. But yeah, we got big plans. Aaron, uh, you need to go to bed and get some sleep because we need to prepare for Halloween. And I have uh, workers coming over tomorrow morning to start fixing my house. Oh, good luck with that. I hope they're not up first thing in the morning hammering on the walls. Nine o'clock, they said. Okay, you should be all right. It's not bad. All right, Aaron. Until next time. Until next time, Jordan. Stay out of bathrooms. Well, just watch where you poo. I want to thank you for supporting Aaron and I in our quest to keep Canada weird. But I want to call for even further support. If something unusual happens in your town, let us know. And the best way to let us know is by sending us a voice memo at nighttimepodcast.com contact. We hope to hear from you. But before you start sending us voice memos, I'm going to wrap this up and I'm going to do it with some thanks. First, a big thanks to Aaron for sharing another evening with me and with you, the listeners of Nighttime. A big shout out to the internet's favorite cult leader, Unicole, 
who supplies the intro and outro voiceovers. And lastly, a massive thank you to everyone who listens to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. But with that said, keeping the show alive is and has always been a bit of a battle. So if you want to help take a bit of weight off the show's back, make sure you listen on the premium feed. And not only does the premium feed fund the creation of the show, it'll give you more of each topic than you'll find here on the free feed as I'm adding exclusive content regularly. So for about the price of a cup of coffee, go premium at patreon.com slash nighttime podcast. And with that said, let me thank the newest subscribers, Noreen, Sarah, Quill, and Trudy. Thank you for your generous support. And for anyone else who'd like to support the show but can't do it with a premium feed subscription, you can give me a big hand by simply sharing this episode on social media and letting some like-minded friends know what we're doing here. If you have any story ideas, if you want to give feedback on the show, or if you'd like to contribute a voice memo to be aired in an upcoming episode, you can do all that and more at nighttimepodcast.com. Aaron and I hope to hear from you. But until then, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let us know if you see anything weird. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte. Copyright Jordan Bonaparte. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.